where you at. Hiding from the crib. These drums are hard. It's always up. Car been up for a while. This is my vibe this weekend. It's kind of a sad tone, but I didn't have a sad weekend at all. I had a great weekend. Hope everybody else had a great weekend out there. This is Pride from the Crib, episode number 44. I'm your host, Gary, aka Jizz. Hope everybody's feeling good out there. Feeling good, feeling good, feeling good, feeling great. Hope everybody's doing good, doing great. This is my vibe up until I heard this song. And um, I listened to this the whole way down to DC. Not the whole way, 85% of the way down to DC. Oh my god. This is one of the songs that speak to me. I really love love. And I'm really bad at it. So let me can confess to that. So. I haven't listened to a song this much since probably when I was like 19. I listened to Icebox for like two hours straight. I listened to this all the way down to D.C., from D.C. up to Baltimore and back up to Philly. And I was dancing and jamming in the car. <laughs> This has me looking forward to Usher's project. I've been looking forward to Usher album for quite some time. But I'm now interested in what he has to say. And I'm mad that a nigga who's in a good relationship, I believe he's in a good relationship, made a song like this. This nigga get to be happy and make a song. I'm glad this whole song rocks, so. Sorry. I never said that. This didn't really feel. I felt so good. I could listen to music that's not designed to make you feel good. Like, I listen to sad music, but I'm happy. 
And this helped me think a lot on the way down. I think I realized where this all went wrong. Oh my god. I try and I try, and I try. This, is, this sample will forever be hard. I'm gonna get a therapist and I'm gonna go in there and play this song. Like, this is me. Fix it. Wow, that's the first time I let the whole song rock. That's always where I cut that song off at because there's no way that I can condone wearing a condom with your ex. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Uh, if you want to wear a condom, then we we can't do this. We we pick up where we left off, and if we was in a relationship, it, nah, we probably wasn't wearing condoms. I haven't wore. You know what? <laughs> we not gonna start there. Um, if you're in a committed relationship, no need to wear condoms. I mean, unless you don't want to get pregnant, but then you got birth control and the pullout method is a hundred percent guaranteed. Um, but yeah, so this weekend, as I just mentioned, while Usher was crooning to us, this weekend I took a trip down to um to D.C. I got a late start, so I wasn't in D.C. that long. I actually didn't really enjoy it. I didn't really get to do much in D.C. I drove around. Uh, finding parking is terrible there. Um, I went to the wharf or some shit it's called. And it, it, yeah, I would need more time down there. I would need a, a day designated. I would probably have to get an Uber or Lyft there. <laughs> Fuck Uber and Lyft, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so I would have to probably, I would definitely need more time there because parking was terrible. Half the time I was down there, I was looking for parking. And then when I found parking, it was just time to get something to eat. And I saw the park. I saw some monuments and that was that. Was that. And it was time to, oh, no, no, I stopped at the gym down there. So There's only one LA Fitness in DC, which is ridiculous. That 
made me really, 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 really appreciate living in Philly. It's mad LA Fitness is up here. Oh, you know what? No, 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 no. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. I'm going to tell you about my Friday before I even went down to DC or uh, in Baltimore. So I went to the fucking the LA Fitness up here in South Philly. I've never been there a day in my life. This shit looks like the fucking LA Fitness that LA Fitness forgot that they own. This shit had it was in a shopping center, like right in the shopping center next to a Ross. It had no sign up front. I'm sitting there wondering, like the GPS is like, you're here. I'm like, where is here? I look in the fucking window. It looks like a army recruiter office. Uh, I go inside. The niggas look cool in, in the front. Uh, I go upstairs because you have to go upstairs. And it looks like a boxing gym. It looked like the beat. When you first, first, first start your boxing career at like 15 and you got like the old head that owned the gym that don't have much money so he can't afford new equipment. So all his equipment is 70 years old. That's what it looked like. It looked like they looked at Creed and then tried to do that. It was a boxing. I did like the fact that they had a boxing ring in the middle, but they have a boxing ring in the middle with a punching bag, a heavy bag. So if you do want to fuck with the heavy bag and you don't know what you're doing, you're going to embarrass yourself because you're right on center stage and everybody can fucking see you fucking be a shitty fighter. Um, but yeah, all the equipment was mad old. They didn't have, they had a water fountain. You couldn't buy water because the machines were of course broken. What else would they be? So they had a water fountain there and that water tastes like number one, the water I fucked up. I fucked up. I have nobody to blame but myself. I went ahead and I poured, I, I got, I had a water bottle. I went to the car, got a water bottle. I just finished drinking and they have the little fancy water filtration system. You put your bottle up to it, water comes down. I'm thinking like, all right, I'm about to get some at least halfway decent water. Number one, the water was like gray. Water was gray. I'm so thirsty in there that I drink it. I take a sip off of it. I said, what the fuck is this? This has to be all the lead from the fucking pipes. This shit tastes like, like they brought in the Flint water. Like they discarded the Flint water at this LA fitness. I took two swig. I would rather pass out from dehydration than drink this shit. So I will never return to that LA fitness. That shit is an embarrassment. Um, so then boom, fast forward to Saturday. Um, so I go to the LA fitness down there, whatever, whatever. Um, I get up to Baltimore. I check in at the Marriott. I had, you can probably hear my loud drug addicted neighbor outside. Um, I, I <laughs> live in another bed. Um, so, so I, I, I check in. It doesn't look too, it doesn't look too bad from the outside. I pull up, I find parking on the street because I read the reviews about the parking garage. Now the parking garage is misleading because it says Marriott parking. 
I was not going to be fooled by that. So I, I parked on the street and then I figure I go inside and I'll ask a question. So I go inside and I ask about the parking and they tell me that they don't own the parking garage. The city owns the parking garage and it's $35 a night. I'm not paying a hotel $35, even though they say they don't get the money from it. And all the hotels down there are like that, at least in the downtown inner Arbor Harbor Arbor, what the fuck, I'm retarded, the inner Harbor area. So I'll park on the street. I risk someone breaking into the car. I'm not paying $35. And that pretty much affected my whole night down there because I didn't want to move the car from my parking spot. Cause once you, you lose the parking spot, it's just like being downtown in Philly. Chances are you, you won't be finding a parking spot again, like maybe blocks and blocks and blocks away. Maybe. Uh, so I check in, I check into the hotel. Everything's cool. I go upstairs. I, I enter my room. The thermostat there, the heat, Normally, the heat, they don't let you fucking, they had project heat in there. I turned this shit on 85, and it really went to 85. I was not expecting that. The TV was like a 19-inch TV. The shit, uh, the reception was like they had an antenna. It was, I was a little confused. I mean, I, I know what I paid for the hotel, which I paid less than what other people paid for the hotel. But when I saw it was Marriott and it wasn't like Johnson's by Marriott, it was Marriott, Marriott. So I'm like, this is going to be at least a relatively decent hotel. No, (laughs) no, the bed was trash. Uh, The TV was trash. There wasn't no coffee maker in the room. Like, who does that? What kind of fucking primitive shit is this? You don't have a coffee maker in the room. There's no microwave. Uh, But it's cool all in all whatever it's cool i end up because i didn't want to move from my parking spot number one i started walking around and i'm looking at their downtown like i'm not sure if i'm in the hood or if i'm downtown i was a little confused uh turns out i was walking the wrong way i was walking the way i shouldn't be walking in downtown a review said that it told me to, it said walk a specific way, but I didn't know which way was which. So I just kept, I, I was just walking and I, I saw nothingness. I saw fucking shit that looks like the hood, but it wasn't the hood. Um, so I just say, fuck it. I, I, I passed a, a strip club, which was right across from where the hotel was. I'm like, fuck it, I'll just go in there, I'll watch the game, have some drinks. I was high at this point. Um, so I go in there, $5 cover charge, no big deal. Well, it said 10, it was posted $10 on the wall, and then he told me five. So I should have knew something was up there. I get into the strip club, and what do I see? I see one, two, Four customers, maybe. You didn't have to wear a mask to get in there. This is the first time I've, I've been in a bar, club, strip club, or what any type of establishment like that since COVID. So I asked about the mask. He says, you don't have to wear a mask. I walk in, no mask. No one has a mask on. Um, social distancing was not an issue. Like I said, it was only four customers in there. 
And then it was like five strippers. Everybody's spread out for the most part. So I'm not. All strip clubs are a little different. Some they harass you to get paid. Some they don't. This was a new type of harassment that I received at, the, at this establishment. It's called the Goddess, by the way. Probably won't be returning. So, A, all of the strippers were, let's just say, uh, a little past their prime. A little up to her in age. The first girl I see when I come, I'm sorry, I can't call her a girl. Her daughter's a girl. She's a lady. So, the first lady I see when I get in there is, I would assume, in her 40s. Her stomach's a little, you know, and I, I'm not body shaming. Um, but when I, I am body shaming, but I'm not body shaming people who are not strippers. When I go to a strip club, unless I go to a strip club that's supposed to be something other than a regular strip club, like they have little people strip clubs, they have BBW strip clubs, they probably have old people strip clubs. But when I go to a, a strip club, strip club, I expect everybody to be fit. You can be fit, but I, I I don't expect your stomach to be hanging. I don't expect your your titties to be hanging. <laughs> so her titties are hanging. Her her stomach's hanging. Uh, she's not fat. She's just you know you can just tell she's past her prime. She ain't she ain't really with the upkeep. So. She's dancing, dancing, dancing. I'm paying literally no attention. I'm watching the Celtics play the Heat. Next thing I know, someone comes crawling across the bar. <laughs> oh, yo, this has to be the most degrading shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. And then she introduces herself. And um, I don't recall what her name is. Uh, but she was really nice. And we talked for a few minutes. And well, first they ask you for money. They ask you if you're tipping the dancers, but the question is not really a question. It's more of a put the money in here. So I, I give her the money. We talk, whatever, whatever. Um, she goes on to do whatever else she has to do to try to make whatever else money that she has to make. Next girl up is a white lady. Nah, well, white woman. So she's older too old for me to say white girl not old enough for me to say white lady so this white woman bbw for real big beautiful you could take the second b out though i wouldn't classify her as beautiful i mean we're all beautiful to someone beauty's an eye to beholder and we actually had that conversation and she was oh so bad so bad so she dances she comes crawling across so now i'm realizing that all the strippers are going to keep crawling across the bar they crawl across the whole bar begging for dollars i don't know if this is a, a baltimore thing or if this is just like this is the only way we're going to make a couple dollars so i'm putting like one or two dollars in per time but i'm not even paying attention to them i'm just i, I just want my drink and i, I just want to watch the game nobody's catching my eye here the white girl ends up talking to me you know she leaves and then she comes back and she ends up talking to me fucking forever 
And I'm just looking at her the whole time. Like, I just feel so bad for these girls, women, ladies, whatever they are. Because I see that there's no one in here. And I can only assume that they have to sell their vaginas at some point during the night to, to cover costs. Because, and I was in there for a while. I might have seen, I might have seen the girls make, I want to say, $30, maybe. And if this works just like any other strip club, then they have to pay the strip club to strip. So I don't see how they can do it. Sometimes you just go in establishments like that. Sometimes you go into a restaurant like that. Sometimes you go into a strip club like that. Sometimes you go into a bar like that. And you think, like, at least my sick mind thinks, how the fuck are they in business? How? There's no one in here. They have no customers. They have to be selling drugs or they have to be selling sex. It has to be. Has to fucking be. Uh, I never did get to the bottom of whether or not they were selling sex, but I'm just going to assume that they are. And shout out to those ladies that were in there. I hope business picks up. And the only problem, well, no, 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 because that was a big problem. I hate being harassed at a strip club for once, especially when I'm not even paying attention to you. Like, I'm clearly here for the drinks. I mean, well, you know, for the drink and to watch the game, which is in the opposite direction of where you are. So I'm not even enjoying your show, which is not enjoyable. There was one fairly attractive woman in there. And she was like fairly attractive just to be a fairly attractive woman. She wasn't a fairly attractive stripper. Big difference in my eyes. Um, but. I don't know. I, I'm losing my, my, my train of thought, but that's pretty much where I spent the night at. And then um, the next night, I mean, the next night, the next morning, I wake up and I start walking, but I start walking in the opposite direction of where I walked <laughs> the previous day. And what do I see? I see actual stuff <laughs> like, oh, my God, I didn't have to be subjected to fucking stripping mediocrity the other day. I could have went somewhere else like there's restaurants and bars and, and, and shit around here. And not just that shit and not strip clubs. I mean, I, I didn't really want to go to a strip club, but that was the only thing that I wouldn't have had to drive to. And there was no way. And that's fucked up to be out on vacation or getaway or whatever and have to worry about the same shit you have to worry about at home. Losing your fucking parking spot. And I'm not trying to be walking from fucking East Baltimore to downtown. Uh, so uh, that was pretty much pretty much everything. I probably would go back now that I've seen the other part. So whenever I go to my brother's house in Delaware, I may take a trip down to Baltimore because he lives in the far part of Delaware. Um, I believe like Dover or some shit. I've been here before. And it's not that far from Baltimore. So who knows? Maybe this weekend, maybe next weekend. But I really enjoyed the time by myself. And I, I felt amazing. So if you ever want to go somewhere, 
and you're waiting on people to go with you, even though I didn't invite anybody with me, I specifically wanted to go by myself. Don't wait on people. Just pick up, get up, and fucking go. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. Life is fucking, life is short. But now it's time for me to get back. So I, I get back and I rented a car to go down there because I didn't want to drive my car because I have a headlight that's out and it's going to cost me 700 to get it fixed. And I'm never getting it fixed <laughs> unless the other headlight goes out. So, so I, uh, so I dropped the car back off down a uh, 30th street station and I look for an Uber and it's about a 25 minute ride. Maybe it's going to cause it went from 37 to 30 to 42 in a matter of five minutes while I'm walking around and trying to find out what specific area you're supposed to catch the ride shares at. Um, so when it went to 42, I said, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Y'all got me fucked up over. I'm not paying you $42 for this ride. Um, because all the fares are fucking increased. There's always a surge with fucking Uber now. And I don't even catch Ubers like that, but, with my job, sometimes we Uber people around and it's always a surge, like always. Uh, so I say fuck that. So I jump on public transportation for the first time in I don't know how many years. And it was not a pleasurable experience, <laughs> I must say. It smells terrible in that subway. Oh my God. God, it smells like fucking despair, poverty, and, and fucking sodomy down there. So, so I catch the train all the way to Broad Island, and if you're from Philly, you know what, you know, you understand. So I don't live that far from there. I live maybe a five-minute drive at the, yeah, five-minute drive. No more, no less. So I'm, I price how much an Uber is from there. So it's about a five-minute drive. And then it's about a 20 minute walk, depending on how fast you walk. So I have my bag with me, my overnight whole bag. And I priced the Uber and it was like $13. I'm like, I'm not paying you $13 to drive me for five minutes. That seems high. I'm pretty sure a cab ain't even that high. It's literally down the street. Like you don't have, you make one turn at the end. Like it's straight down here. It's a total of one, two, three, four lights. Total of four fucking lights, and they're not far apart. <laughs> and then you make a right, and then you right, you're there. No fucking way. So I start walking and walking out of curiosity because I'm curious about everything. I keep looking at the Uber, seeing how much it's going to be as I get closer and closer and closer. I get within two blocks. This <laughs> shit said ten dollars still, and it dawned on me like people do this every day. There's people who catch Ubers every fucking day. How much money are people wasting on fucking Ubers? And I'm talking about people who don't have that much money. People don't make that much money. People make less money than I do. Now, I could afford the Uber, but I'm not going to buy it because that's just a waste of money for me. But I know people who make significantly less and, and they catch money. They catch fucking Ubers to work and home. And it, it, 
it goes back to on the other episode when I, I was talking about money management. Like, Uber is going to keep niggas poor. Like, people who should just be catching the bus and catching the bus now is, well, I didn't get on the bus, I got on the train, but it's just a little confusing. I had to buy a, a pass to swipe. I, I was a little out of my element, but I figured it out. But back to the point. Uber is going to bankrupt you niggas. If you, <laughs> it's $10 to go three blocks. To go six blocks, it was, it was uh, 13. Oh, no, 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 no. Fuck Uber. Fuck tech. That's more than a cab. I don't, I don't give a shit. I, I ain't caught a cab in a long time. I ain't caught a cab since the fucking fuel pump went in my car and I was walking towards and a cab pulled up and uh, took me, finished taking me to my car. So that's why I said fuck Uber, fuck Lyft. Um, now, I don't know if it's some COVID shit because it wasn't as bad when I went to Vegas, which Vegas is a little different, even though I'd rather just rent a car. I mean, Uber wasn't that bad last time, but I just, I, I, I love to have the option to just pull off and go when I want to go, not fucking look at a, a app and this nigga's going to take 10 minutes to get to me. And then he keeps getting lost and I'm here. Nah, I just want to, I just want to get up and go and listen to Usher Bad Habits. And that's the only thing that kept me going. Listening to fucking Usher Bad Habits all the way home. <laughs> Even on a walk home, I was listening to it. I'm going to listen to it tonight when I get, oh, not tonight. In the morning when I go to work. I forgot, I don't, I don't work overnights anymore. So boom, then I get home and I start looking at my phone and I see that customs, they got $2.54 million worth of fake Rolexes. They seized it at the border. I, I, I start reading the fucking article. This is what I hate about, that was a terrible segue. Anyway, this is what I hate about like the seizures that the government does. They always hype it up. Like if you just if you just read that, you think that damn they got a a shitload of fucking Rolexes. Yeah, it was two hundred Rolexes. <laughs> Yo, Cincinnati. First of all, we're trying to smuggle fucking Rolexes through. Why is anything being smuggled through Cincinnati? What is Cincinnati on the border of? You should be able to get anything through Cincinnati. It was two hundred fucking Rolexes. And how did they come up with the, the fucking amount of $2.54 million? They said that's because of how much the, the actual watches are. What the? If I can't make that much, then the shit ain't worth that much. It literally said that the price attached to them was a dollar. And I am not going to lie to you. For $1, it looked like from them pictures, you was going to get a pretty decent watch for $1. Shit was probably going to be ticking. You probably going to hear that ticking from fucking a block away. For sure, for sure. You might just want to just pull the, the little dial thing out so that it doesn't move and just never. Who? That's my actual time. Nobody ever looks at their watch. When I wore a watch here or there, I never fucking looked at it. It's an accessory. That's all the fuck it is. I always look at my phone. My phone is probably in my hand. If it's not, I'll dig it out of my pocket and I will fucking 
tell you the time off of my phone. The only people I see look at their watch when they tell you the time is older people. And I want everybody to pay attention to if someone asks you the time, do you look at your watch or do you look at your phone? And when you see other people, and if you ask them the time, are they looking at their watch or are they looking at their phone? Nobody gives a fuck about a watch. <laughs> I started wearing a watch that didn't even, like the battery died. It didn't matter. I really like that watch. So they do the same thing with drug busts. They tell you, and I think, and that plays a, a part when these, when niggas go to court and I, by niggas, I don't mean black people, I just mean like people. Uh, so I say niggas just for anything, just like I say bitches for, for anything. Uh, it's up to you to, to kind of get the context. So when niggas go to court, it looks a lot worse when you say, oh, we got $10 million worth of drugs off the nigga, and it's really not $10 million. Like it's not nowhere near $10 million or a million dollars, and it's nowhere near a million dollars. And now you got fucking drawers, because all my focus here is... That, that that huge number and now this person is a kingpin and a bad person so don't do that i mean in this case nobody's gonna get in trouble because you can just send shit from china and they can't get in trouble uh but shout out to to the good old chinese people they lost a, a big shipment fucking 200 watches <laughs> what kind of fucking bullshit ass order is that that shit was going to one person that shit was gonna get so fucking that shit was gonna go from there to fucking New York, Canal Street, and that was gonna be that. They act like they got fucking the fucking a cartel or some shit. 2.54 million. Cincinnati niggas just wanted to be in the fucking news. Since a fucking Nanny. Shout out to niggas in Cincinnati. Nothing against y'all. But y'all fucking law enforcement. Clearly, they're they looking for some attention. So, shout out to law enforcement out there because let me give you guys what you asked for, what you, what you wanted. Also, shout out to, to Donald Trump out here, uh, also seeking attention. Fucking, I, I read that they sent a, they intercepted a package of fucking ricin from, <laughs> that was sent to the president. I don't believe that shit. Like, all of a sudden, like, it's, it's, it's to, towards the end of your term, all of a sudden, niggas is trying to poison you. Not in the beginning, not in the middle, but at the end. And it looked like you won't fucking lose. Like I I'm not pro Trump. I'm not anti Trump. I'm not pro Biden. I'm not anti Biden. I don't even believe in a two party system. Um but ain't nobody buying it. Well, I'm not buying it. First of all, what the fuck is y'all watching Breaking Bad? I, the only time I've ever heard of Rice is on Breaking Bad. This nigga was watching Breaking Bad and just came up with the bright idea. Oh, let me let me, let me fake a ricin attack on myself. Get a little sympathy. And you knew that's going to play well with the, the motherfuckers that... Well, that'll play well with anybody's base. But especially the niggas that follow and love Trump. Oh, they're trying to take Trump out. Oh, because he's the savior. He's the truth. Get the fuck out of here. Niggas is getting desperate. <laughs> niggas is getting... Biden, I would say he was desperate with... Um, specifically saying that he was going to choose a woman no matter what to run with him because he wanted to pick up those voters. And now Trump is desperate with this bullshit right here. It's, that, 
that's kind of fucked up to say I'm just going to my running mate's going to be a woman no matter what like like it no matter what no matter who else is available to me and I would think that well I don't know I had to look at past things but I would think that like Bernie would have probably been the person for him but I mean what what I mean Bernie wouldn't really galvanize anything, but we're not going to get into politics. Shout out to Donald Trump. Going to give him the attention that he was looking for as well. And shout out to LeBron's son out here fucking posting, posting fucking Insta vids that I'm smoking weed. Like, why are you recording yourself? Well, I, I mean, I, I get it. I've been 15. I didn't smoke weed when I was 15. I didn't start smoking weed until I was like 28. <laughs> Whenever I went to Vegas, the third time second third whatever one of the second third time so no, no no i didn't start smoking until after that but neither here nor there i was growing as fuck by the time i started smoking so um this thing is fucking he probably was trying to impress a chick so he, he got his backwood rolled up it looked like a backwood look a little loose too and he's he got his hoodie on Got the rap music going. He was definitely trying to kick some game. And he just smoking his blunt. And he posted it to Instagram by accident. And I'd be wondering, say, I don't have kids. And I wouldn't have a kid his age either. Anyway, unless I had the kid pretty young. But um, I'd be wondering, because a, a lot of parents, from what I've noticed, although the parent lived life and experienced things and experimented with things coming up. They don't ever think that their child <laughs> is capable of such things. I talked to my brother. Um, I talked to him recently, but this particular thing was a couple months ago and he was telling me about his son lying to him about something. And I'm like, well, that's, that's what kids do. Now I understand you being mad. You're going to be upset, but, you also need, and you have to rectify the situation, punish them, whatever you need to do. But there's still an understanding. Like, they're humans. You were a kid. You used to lie. You're going to lie. And the lie is probably going to be stupid because you're a kid, and kids are stupid relative to, you know, what they'll become. Like, they're just learning the world. Their lies aren't the greatest. If your kid can lie great as a child, then it's probably... Either he's going to jail later or he's going to be a hell of a politician or, or maybe a lawyer. Those are the three, three routes for him. Um, so I wonder, like, what, what's the punishment? What, what, what would you guys do if, if you uh, caught your child smoking weed? I remember when I was 15-ish, the fucked up thing with this is I was selling weed. And I'm in the kitchen, I'm talking to my dad. And because kids are stupid and I was stupid, somehow the bag of weed fell out of my pocket. <laughs> and he just looked at it and was like, oh, yeah. should I tell your mom you're smoking weed? Nah. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> we never talked about it. We never talked about it, but I wasn't smoking the weed. I was selling the weed. And that was... Uh, maybe a little more should have probably been done. Uh, maybe it'll save us a little bit more time down the road. But um, I be, I wonder how other parents are, would handle such thing. I know most of them are gonna 
probably overreact. But is it an overreaction? I mean, I mean, that's the weird thing about, I guess, being a parent. Not that I'm a parent, but I would assume that's weird because you understand that they're going to do these things as kids. But by the same token, you don't want them to do it. You want the best for them. And you're upset when they do things that you don't deem to be the best for them. And then you have the parents who don't give a fuck and might roll up with the kids. I, I grew up with those. Some of those still. Oh, shit, I grew up with that at fucking... That's when I was younger, younger. <laughs> niggas was some fucking lighting up the cigs with their kids. That's when the niggas would... Uh, they kept, I wonder if they still do that. Catch you smoking a cigarette and make you smoke the pack. Like, that's your fucking solution to give me more of the drug. You're trying to get me off of the drug by giving me more of the drug. Like, how dumb can you fucking be? Moving on. We're going to cover Kanye West and Kanye West's seven-point plan for how record deals should be done. Some of the stuff I agree with and then some of the stuff I don't. So, rule number one or change number one, the artist owns the copyright and recordings and the songs and leases them to the record label. Publisher for a limited term, one year deals. Now that should be an option. I don't, come on, niggas on the horn. Um, that That should be an option. That should definitely be an option. I don't think that that's, feasible for that to be the norm but it's not the i mean you can lease anything else you can lease a fucking home you can um you can lease the rights to to distribute your your um your clothing you can fucking essentially lease your name shout out to george foreman he leased his name to the george foreman grill made a lot of money off of it um so that to an extent to an extent i agree with that number two the record label slash publisher is a service provider that receives a share of the income for a limited term the split can be 80 20 in favor of the artist uh this i'm in favor of if you're talking about profit so after the break even 80 20 artist gets 80 label gets 20 this will never happen, but you have a better chance of saying 60, 40, 70, 30, possibly, but 80, 20, that ain't gonna happen. That's a master P deal. Mm, it's a little, not, no, it's not as good as the master P deal, but it's, it's close to a master P deal. The best you can, yeah, the best you could hope for realistically, and from my opinion, my point of view, is 60, 40. Um, number three, dependence. I'm not sure. All right, so artists must be dependent on no one but themselves to manage their catalog. You should need no one else to understand the business you're in. Uh, no, 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 no. To manage your catalog, nah, because you might mismanage it. So I'm not in favor of that. Artists should have final say. Uh, lawyers. The first thing your lawyer changes, the first thing should be changed. We need plain English contracts. I agree with that. I agree with that. So he's saying that your lawyer should read the legalese contract and rewrite it in English. 
whereas though you can understand it. I fully all contracts anyway need to just be written in regular English. They do this to confuse you and to essentially make you need them when you don't need them. If you just kept it real and wrote in regular colloquial terms, I hope I said that right. I always fucked that up. Then there would be next to no, in a lot of instances, I'm not going to say next to no, there'd be far fewer instances where you would need a lawyer. Um, advances are just loans. That's true. So I, I don't really, I'll read it anyway. On artists resigning, these stop. Advances are loans with 75% interest rates. That sounds crazy. I would have to figure out if that's true or not. Uh, no other business in the world takes a look at a business, buys shares, start, and starts to profit when it profits. That's true. That's true. That's not the way that works. Um, record companies have to buy into you per loan. Did I say per? Again, I cracked my, my fucking screen. Oh, not, not loan you. Uh, people should stop taking advances, but people will not stop taking advances because a lot of the time people come from poverty or, or they don't come from a financially secure situation. And you have very few artists. Um, I think Russ is one of them. Uh, Logic is another one. He said he turned down a $2 million deal. I can't think of any black artists, not to say that there aren't, that turned down deals and advances to remain independent. Um, hmm. Who's independent? Who's independent? None of the major artists that I can think of are independent. I mean, Kendrick, but they're not independent. The label, their label is technically independent. Uh, but yeah, advances have always been bullshit. Like you're going to give me $500,000 and then that's for me to record the album. <laughs> um, that might be for my promotion. And then you want the money back that you gave me. So you gave me 2 million, but I don't really get 2 million and you, and it goes towards the project. So it's not like you're giving me money and then you're giving me a separate budget for whatever project I want to put out. And then I didn't know that they charge interest on it, but they've always said, funny enough, they've always said that it's nothing but a loan, but I thought it was a 0% interest loan. If you really owe interest on a loan, don't, do not, I don't go for what financial position you're in you're going to probably regret it unless you turn into fucking a huge, huge artist, which you can't bank on. There's only, but so there's many, many, many artists. There's only a few big, big artists. And being a, oh shit. And I had a little technical difficulty. Uh, And being a big artist doesn't necessarily mean mainstream because you can be, or being the biggest mainstream artist, because like J. Cole isn't the biggest mainstream artist, but he's a big, big artist. He makes a lot of money every year. I would say Lil Uzi Bird is not a mainstream artist. He makes a lot of money. I don't know how much money goes to him. He had the back and forth with his label, but he generates a lot of money. Travis Scott, not huge, huge artist, 
but they're huge artists. People are showing up. They're selling out festivals. 100,000 people, 75,000, 100,000 people. That's a lot of people. And it's not easy to do. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? So number five, equity and blanket licenses. No more blanket licenses. It should be clear from day one what shares you get now. And when you leave, your song helps a deal you invested in. Now I don't agree with that. Uh, royalties. This one is interesting. Uh, back to dependence. You need a business manager to re. All right. Again. All right. Let me start from the top because this is interesting. Royalties. Uh, and I'm going to read it just how you wrote it. Again, back to dependence. You need a business manager to read how you did. There's a question mark there. I don't know if I read it as a question form. So you pay to see your money. It's a bunch of exclamation points. I'm not doing that. No more. Royalty portals uh, need to show and do not show and, and do not nail uh, every song you deliver. I would that for sure. They should show every song you deliver. Every store that you're in, they should definitely show you every store that you're in. How many streams per song? If they're not showing you how many streams per song, I can only assume that you're stealing from me. Now, you may not be stealing from me, but why else would you not show me exactly how many streams I have per song? And I need to know how many streams per song per outlet. Every outlet pays uh, you know, a different amount. So you have at the very bottom, I believe, Apple Music and um, Spotify pay shit. Shout out to Spotify and Apple Music. Um, and Tidal pays, I believe, the most. And then you have Pandora's and Deezer's, and it's, it's a, a shitload of places that stream your music. So if they all pay different amounts, I, to, in order for me to know how much money I should be getting, I need to know how many times each of these places have played my song. Why would you withhold? If you have that information, which you do have that information, why would you withhold it from me? I was talking to some old man at the uh, at my job, and he assumes that the job is stealing money from him because he hasn't gotten his pay stuff. Now, this isn't the case because he can go online and check it, but he's older and he doesn't really know how to go online and you know and check it. But that's the automatic assumption: is hey, you're not showing me what you're paying me or what you're being paid in this case, because a little different because it's a business dealing and not a worker relationship. Uh, so you're not showing me how much I generated. And labels are notorious for the faulty accounting. Oh, well, this doesn't really count. This is for this. This was for that. So it's not like they have, they're not the people you're going to exactly say, I can trust these guys. Like nobody's ever looked at a fucking music exec and say, Hey, I trust that guy in my life. You might look at him like he's a hell of a businessman, but 
people aren't putting too much faith in execs and maybe at like a boutique label, but at these big, big labels where all the money trickles down from the universals, the Sony's, the Warner's, nobody's looking at those execs that way. They're money hungry. And that's how they've been known. That's how they've behaved. And that's how everyone looks at them. So that's crazy. And it says income per song, which I didn't even get that far, but I already spoke on that. Um, see, it sounds like basically, uh, is this number six? No, that's not number six. UMG. Number seven is portals. Um, portals are not just for royalties. They are for your entire business. Every audio file, every asset, every deal stored with the money. Money and music must stay together when your term ends. Download it all and leave. Well, that's what you negotiated. Yes, but that goes back to the first thing that he said. And if you negotiate a term where you're just leasing your music, like people lease beats until somebody wants to buy it. And then if they want to buy it, you then, and then if you lease it realistically, you that's where it gets messy. I guess you can have an exclusive lease, but typically if you lease something, a lot of the times you have the ability to lease to other people, to the competitors. But I guess you could have an exclusive lease for a certain amount of time. But these are things that I don't see happening anytime soon. It would take the biggest artists to push this. And not just Kanye, but all the biggest artists and they may not have to put up. I would say they have to have to boycott, but realistically when boycotting, you're going to have people that's going to not boycott. <laughs> it's like when the NFL uh, boycotted back in, I want to say the eighties, whenever the Redskins won their Super Bowl, well, one, one, their Super Bowl, I think they won multiple. Uh, whenever Doug Williams won the Super Bowl. And that was the year they had replacement players. So they boycotted, but nothing changed. Like they had to come back to work because other people were doing their job and people were still watching. And no matter what, I feel like there's always going to be somebody there to make music and sign that deal. It's no way to get complete uniformity. So all you can really do is negotiate, get the most leverage you can, negotiate the best deal that you can. Don't be thirsty for the money in the short term. Look long term, look into ownership, and don't just settle. The issue is that a lot of people settle. And then maybe their lifestyle is expensive after they settle and when it comes to resign they resign for this and end up in the same situation because they haven't positioned themselves in a way where they can walk away from the deal and if you can't afford to walk away from the deal you're going to get fucked if you need the deal because they don't need the deal so if only one person needs the deal 
because they're going to be in business regardless with or without you before you after uh, during you and after you so if only one side needs to deal that's the number one rule of negotiation if whoever needs to deal is going to get fucked unless you're dealing with a scrupulous someone who has scruples and you're not going to find that oftentimes in business especially in certain inter, uh, industries like entertainment which is as i said before a predatory predator why windows always got some shit popping up um a predatory business now there's another artist by the name of russ i believe i mentioned him uh now russ russ has a take on ownership now russ is someone he he's a white rapper he does he raps well by the way he had a, a really good album this year um i really enjoyed it and i would recommend that you guys listen to it so russ makes his own beats he engineers you know mixes masters his own music he writes his own music he owns all of the music so he's coming in with a different type of leverage he doesn't have much maintenance. On top of that, he held out so that he can he could build up his uh his catalog, his fan base. Whereas though he doesn't need the label, the the label they might not need him, but he doesn't have to make the deal. They don't have to make the deal. So I don't have to make the deal. You don't have to make the deal, but we both want to make the deal. It's going to put us in a position where as though we can get a more fair deal going. Now, if you want to sign me and I don't really care if I get signed, then I can demand more from you and vice versa. We're both in the same. Now, if we both don't care, then it's whatever you gonna go about your business. I'm go about my business. But if you want to time me anyway, I'm uh, repeating myself. So Russ is now with Columbia, which is part of Sony, but he owns his own music. Um, now Russ's take on the situation is that he doesn't understand. He says, what? What also needs to be discussed is the price point of music is being set by people who don't make music. Why is a single 99 cent or $1.29 says who? Who's buying singles? Everybody streams everything. Uh, why is the pay rate for streams what they are says who? Well, the people who run the streaming services says who? <laughs> like the, now, I'm not saying that their, their pricing model is fair, but uh it's their model so what the fuck they have certain costs that they have to incur so from my understanding i think spotify pays 52 percent of the money that they make to the label and they keep 48 percent. that doesn't seem unfair i mean i provide the platform and i still give you more money and then after that it's up to your label to break the money down with you um now, I don't know how they come up with this value system because they have premium where you pay a certain amount a month and then they have 
where you run ads. Apple Music doesn't have that because Apple Music doesn't have anything free. You just pay them every month. But however they come up with it, they come up with it. And it's their business, so they don't have to tell you how they came up with it. If you don't like it, your label can just not supply that streaming service with the music, which is not going to happen. Um, next, artist labels sometimes spend millions of dollars making an album, and then they're told to sell the same product for $14.99. Russ, nobody buys physicals anymore. Uh, what other product gets made for a price that is far higher than what it sold for? Many of them. <laughs> Fucking many of them. When they when you make t-shirts, you spend hundreds of thousands, or when you have a clothing brand, you're making purses or whatever. They spend millions of dollars and then they sell it for less than millions of dollars and they sell it in volume, so it adds up. <laughs> I mean, that's how business normally goes. Um, and Spotify and Apple, whenever y'all fix the pay rates for it, for the streams, it needs to be retroactive. That will never happen, Russ. That is really idealistic. Shout out to Nipsey. He was really changing the game, moving the shit forward. He sold mixtapes for $100 and $1,000, and people bought them. That is true. I spoke about that on, the pod, on a previous pod. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace. I believe Hove purchased 10000 worth of that Crenshaw album. Uh, let's see. Problem is that most of y'all can't fathom paying $20 for an album that lives forever, changes their lives, etc. because that's not how they've been conditioned. But let Supreme drop a hoodie for $1,000. That usually doesn't bring nearly as much value as a song, and people are lined up for it. Now, this I couldn't agree with. I couldn't agree with this at all. Because, hey, no, hey number one, nobody's buying physical albums. I guess. Yeah, I'm like really into the pie. I, I have not been paying attention to this game. Anthony Davis just made a fucking it looks like he just made a buzzer beater to win the game. Um all right, so number one, people don't buy physicals. Nobody's paying twenty dollars for an album. People no, are just paying for streaming services. So let's just go to Russ's world where they're paying twenty dollars for an album. So number one, there's too much music now. There's a lot more music now than there was in the past. Many, many, many artists. I'm not paying $20 for all of these fucking artists. <laughs> uh, that ain't happening. A. B. People don't put as much time or effort into the music that they're making now. Not to say every artist. But a lot of the artists are not. There are many albums this year that have been terrible and are not worth $20, $10, or $5. Some of these shits ain't worth $1. So I can understand, I can't fathom personally how you would pay $20 for some of these albums. Little Baby, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but Jadakiss album earlier, um, Ignitus, I think that's what it's called. It starts with an I. I think it's called Ignitus. Ignitus. Um, Good albums, good albums. There's some good albums this year, but there's a lot that was not. I just listened to Alicia Keys' album. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into it too much. But since I've mentioned it, I will say I listened to it. It sounds okay. Sounds like good background music. Um, 
I pro- I wouldn't listen to it again. And I love Alicia Keys. I love uh, all her earlier work, like her earlier first four albums, three, four albums. After that, it's songs here or there. It's just background music. It's, it didn't really do it for me. It means uplifting, empowering music. It didn't really have that soulful sound to me. So a little weird how I went to this one, but I'm going to rate that album. I'm going to give it uh, two cribs up. If I was in a mix of having a conversation and it plays softly in the background, wouldn't be mad at it. Wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it. Shout out to Alicia Keys. Shout out to Swiss Beats. I love love. Love their relationship. Um, but back to this. Uh, now, Russ's album, actually, I would have paid $20 for Russ's album. He wrapped his ass off on there. He had good features. He, that was a good project. But nobody's paying $20 for half the shit that's coming out. And it's people coming out all the fucking time now. Um, and I'm not paying a thousand dollars for Supreme anything. Supreme is trash. Uh, but we're gonna get off of that. Uh, we spent a nice amount of time on there. I hope everybody enjoyed that part, the business segment of the pod, music business. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna move on to a little quick hits of positivity. So, Young Dolph. He gave away a Lamborghini to one of his fans. He did a video giving the Lamborghini away. Hopefully, she really got the Lamborghini. If he did, that's pretty cool. Shout out to Young Doll for that. Um, and also, also um, NBA Young Boy. He gave a little girl. I don't know if you can call it a little girl. She looks well. I mean, I guess I don't know when you stop being a little girl. I mean a young adult i don't know she's like 13 12 i don't know but he gave her a thousand dollars and she was really excited and that was really cool um in fact i'm going to let you hear her joy what he gave you no Who doesn't like to hear happy kids? So shout out to our shout out to uh, NBA Young Boy for that. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see what else we got. What else we got? I'm not going to talk about this, but if anybody was ever wondering what happened to that dentist who was on a hoverboard pulling um, patients' teeth, he just got twelve years in prison. <laughs> Oh my God. It didn't say like if it was for something else, they only mentioned that. And that didn't really seem like something you should get 12 years for, but it is what it is. I guess it doesn't really matter what you got 12 years for once you get 12 years. Who was that? I was just talking to some, yeah, talking to somebody. Um, yeah, it got six years. And when you say six years, it sounds long, but when they say it in months, it doesn't sound as bad, but it's the same time. So he has 144 months. So free the dentist, whoever the fuck, whatever your name is. Now this came across my news desk and this ain't really news, but this was a question that it wasn't a question. It was a statement that was made, which turned into a question. And the question is, is $20 enough to cover a meal? 
No, not a date, but a meal. So this girl, this anonymous girl, she wrote on, what is this, Facebook or one of these shits. This is a screenshot of what she wrote, but I think this is Facebook. I don't go on Facebook, but I think these, this is the Facebook look. So I remember I told a nigga I was hungry and he went, he he, he sent me $20. Bruh, that's exactly why I'll never deal with another Indianapolis nigga. Y'all another type of bro. And fake as fuck. Laughing my ass off. I don't even play them type of games with niggas for real. So when I read this, I felt like $20 was pretty generous. <laughs> He wasn't taking you on a date. You said you were hungry, bitch. Like, what did you want to eat? If you get a pizza, you, never mind, you're not going to eat the whole pizza, but let's just say you get a pizza, like a large pizza. That's way less than $20. You got enough for a drink. You got some change. You got enough to tip the nigga that brought it. And how you calling somebody broke? Well, maybe you did have the money because it didn't say you asked for the money. So I can't can't say nothing about that. But what I can say is it says you you told a nigga. I remember I told a nigga, not your nigga, not your boyfriend, not your man, not your husband. A nigga. You was hungry and he sent you $20. You know what's going to happen if you tell me you hungry and I'm just a nigga? I'm going to ask you, so what you plan on eating? What you cooking? I ain't sending you shit. Nothing. Especially when you don't ask. I mean, if you ask, eh, maybe. Maybe. Depends on where we are. But you don't ask and I'm just a nigga? Oh, no, 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 no. So, I don't know. Maybe I should move to Indianapolis. Um... Maybe that's where I belong. So this nigga needs to request his $20 back because this bitch is ungrateful. And she probably still took the 20 and you can't talk shit about a motherfucker after you take their money. So unless she sent it back and she didn't specifically say she spent it back. So I'm going to assume that she went and got the fuck four for four from fucking Wendy's and they pocketed the rest. Probably went and bought a Nick bag. <laughs> The motherfucker still buy Nicks. Uh, right when bought a fucking Nick bag at a Reg, the finest Reg in the city, a four for four, and pocketed the fucking rest. So I went to the Shake Shack a couple this of times this weekend, and I got a couple of burgers and some fries, two burgers and some fries. And Shake Shack is not necessarily the cheapest burger you're gonna buy. Shit still only came to what $14, $15. So she needs to be happy and more appreciative. And he need not be sending her $20 no more. Find somebody else that, that does find, find you a woman that deserves the 20. That should be every man's dream to find a woman that deserves the 20. But anyway, I want to send a rest in peace out to uh, Richmond rapper Tayway. Uh, he was murdered, unfortunately, after dropping his location on Instagram while posting his his, uh, his location on Instagram just minutes after that happened. Actually, no, no, he didn't post it. He posted, I guess, 
where he was, but it wasn't like he said, pull up where I'm here, but you know the surroundings. So please be careful when you're posting on social media. You never know who's out to get you. Uh, you never know who's peeping what's going on in the background and trying to gauge where you are and want to come do you harm. Uh, the same situation happened with Pop Smoke to an extent, whereas though the address got posted online by accident, people showed up and, you know, the unfortunate incident happened. Uh, just always be careful with this online shit. Like when you let people know you won't be home, you're going on vacation and people come and breaking your home. Please, 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 please. I know we live in a day and age where we don't really think about these things. Um, but it's extremely important. Life is precious. You only get one of them. Uh, make sure you guys are safe out there. Um, I don't have anything else to cover. Um, let's see. We're about an hour and 12, 13 minutes in. Um, I want to say I truly appreciate uh, everybody that's, that listens. Um, I used to think that people were bullshitting when they said that. Like, oh, I appreciated my listeners and my fans and all of that. But no, no, no. I really understand it now. I really, really do. It's it's humbling and it's an honor that you guys tune in to me um, whenever I I uh, put a new episode up. Uh, I miss talking to you guys over the course of this this fucking uh, weekend. I did enjoy myself though. I did want to do something, but I didn't bring my equipment. And then um, I was going to do it on my phone and then just come home. And when I got home, I was just going to try to fix up the audio. But I got high, I got drunk (laughs) and talked to strippers all night. So that didn't happen. But I'm so happy to be back with you. I'm so happy that you're, you're having me. Um, so I think that's about it. So this was potting from the crib episode number 44. I am your host, Gary, AKA Jizz and, uh, God bless universe plus or whatever. I'm going to fuck out. I had to do outro. <laughs> oh, y'all gonna get this work too. Fuck that.